0: Welcome to this episode of 10,000 Posts. It's the show about how everything is posting. Uh, My name is Hussain. I am back from my honeymoon. Uh, I slept in uh, zero heart-shaped beds, but um, I did see lots of variations of towel swans uh, in the time when I was away. Um, It was very, very nice, except for the Dubai leg, which is very weird. On the bonus episode, uh, I talked about Dubai and how weird it is. If you want to hear my Dubai stuff, you can listen there, because I don't want to talk about Dubai anymore. But all of which is to say that I'm very happy to be back in uh, uh, in in Britain. And I mean that sincerely. I, I kind of like used to disparage this place, but I do definitely think that Dubai is more stupid. So I'm kind of glad that like I'm at a slightly more normal place now. Um and joined with me as always is my co-host Phoebe Roy. Hello. How's it going? Do you have any thoughts on Dubai?
1: Um none that I can say on mic.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I do also want to say that I was very appreciative of. So you did this very good post. Uh, your new business idea, an app for ghosts, I think is like very compelling. It's yeah. something I've been thinking about a lot this morning. Um, yeah. Did you realize, like, did you did you kind of figure out what whether it was an app for ghosts or whether it was an app like about ghosts?
1: Okay, that's a really good question. It's an app. As far as I can tell from my muddled memories of waking up at two o'clock morning, this morning, being like, "I have an idea, I have an idea," this has to go down. This 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 idea cannot be lost into the ether. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up to a note which just said, "An app for ghosts."
0: Yeah, it's um, like that as- scene in The Social Network where, like, Mark Zuckerberg writes the algorithm on the window, but you just write yeah. "app for ghosts?" Question mark. App for
1: ghosts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and as okay, so as far as so as far as I can. As I can work out, it is an app which allows ghosts to just more practically live their ghostly lives.
0: Yeah, to be true to themselves.
1: <laughs> and I don't, I don't really know, in like an, in kind of what capacity, but like because part of it was like obviously like a kind of slightly drunken dream, and yeah. like from the bits that I've managed to remember and sort through, one of the things that this app does is it lets you uh, is it lets you like network your hauntings
0: okay and, interesting like, this like, is cool
1: tra- and like track your hauntings and you
0: can like yeah it's like if you're a ghost <laughs> and you
1: can like plug yourself in and network yourself to the app so it's like a kind of so it's like a smart thing but
0: right okay but
1: for ghosts like it's like it's quite complicated because you can't have like fingerprint or face recognition if you're a ghost so no. it's quite difficult to log into but like once you've managed to get it connected it works it works great
0: yeah so it's, it could be like raya for ghosts but it could also be like linkedin golden circle for ghosts
1: no not because really, it's not for meeting other ghosts it's more like a kind of uh sort of like a kind of facts app it's like a life it's <laughs> like a lifestyle um management productivity app which just makes your ghosting just and just an yeah, easier okay It's an easier and more streamlined experience. It makes your hauntings
0: more efficient.
1: Yeah. Like you get like, you maybe get notifications for (laughs) where's like a good place to haunt around you. Yeah. Et cetera. Like that, that kind of thing. Like, you know, I like, I've got to like iron out some, some issues in, in the beta (laughs) testing. okay. For my app, my
0: app for ghosts. If you work for a VC fund or anything, and you're listening to the show, get in touch. Like if you know someone from SoftBank, uh, get in touch. Like, I'm sure they have some money left over. Um, you know what?
1: I, I reckon. Like, all I have, all I have to do is like trot, is like kind of trot out some sort of slightly kind of su- sort of suspect statements, and the, and Peter Thiel will give me some money. Yeah,
0: we yeah, we do need some teal bucks. Uh, you know the the British. I d- power- I, all I need to
1: do is just find like find a kind of peculiar sect, and just say that I have like joined this sect. I yeah, could just do that.
0: Okay, all I'm thinking is like the British pound is not doing particularly well right now. So like, you know, we are looking for some outside investment. Yeah. Uh, and the ghost yeah, the be, ghost That'd be nice. That.
1: Yeah. Like, like, honestly, I think it's unlike the ghosts. I think it has
0: it has legs. <laughs> Actually
1: ghosts <laughs> do ghosts have legs?
0: But um I think ghosts can have legs. It dep- I think I don't they know.
1: can have legs. I think it depends yeah. on the ghost.
0: Yeah. Anyway, uh we're <laughs> joined today by a very <laughs> special guest. Uh we are joined by Cameron Wilson, all the way from Australia who um, I've been like a fan of Cameron's for a really long time uh, at the time of record. I didn't realize that like he actually had like a proper reporter job. So he's a reporter covering uh, guess digital culture at a place called, and I can't believe I'm saying this, crikey news. I don't, I was genuinely convinced that it was a bit like when I was (laughs) doing the notes. I didn't. It sounds like a mistake. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's just like some someone is fucking with you. Uh, crikey yeah, as far, news. As far,
1: as far as I can tell, that's like the Australian CNN. Is that
0: right? <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> what if like you broke like a major kind of like you know, major like security story and like I don't know the your ABC in Australia or whatever has to be like and this like ground this bombshell story uh comes from crikey news.
2: I think it gives it a kind of charm, an Australian charm. I like it. Like I had a story yeah. um, a few weeks back on speaking to uh, this, the one of the co-creators of Dogecoin is Australian and he didn't really talk to anyone and I managed to find a way to chat to him. And then it, it kind of just got picked up by a bunch of people because he said yeah. some bad stuff about Elon Musk. And just seeing all these like, you know, insider and other places like that starting like independent news site, crikey. And you can kind of hear the pause <laughs> almost in the copy um yeah so yeah no it does it definitely gets reaction hey on the ghost app i think it's a real success because at least in terms of getting funding because mm-hmm. you know like vcs are so contrarian by their nature right and i think mm-hmm. that it would be the easiest sell to walk into a pitch meeting and being like there's a lot of apps for alive people but not many for dead people and mm. I think you would figure out all the details after that you know you can pivot to whatever but i think that would be the initial sell
1: mm. yeah like like the like the dead like think how many dead people there are. It is like this is an untapped market,
2: and it's increasing. Like
1: you're getting more. It's more growing every single day.
0: Yeah, there are more and more dead people every day. That's <laughs> actually like that's the truth. <laughs> that's it's like, it's true. kind of like dark to admit it. that. All things considered, yeah. but it does represent a untapped market. Um yeah. So yeah, exactly. what I would say is, Phoebe, uh, after we finish recording, start working on a pitch deck. Um, and I will book mm. you some flights to, uh, Miami. Um, right. cool. and let's go, let's go get that coin.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. Uh, <laughs> like just, just go, just going, just going back to the comically named news site. I found out about, uh, Donald Rumsfeld dying through the, uh, White House dog speak Twitter <laughs> account. Um, so that was so that was something, and it kind of because it sort of spoiled it sort of spoilt it a bit because um, I, I don't I don't like dog speak. I I find it upsetting and and uh, and undignified, and I don't think I don't think that the uh, that the perversions of people should be projected onto the dogs. Because-
2: yeah, I find out a, a upsetting amount of uh, news from the is it the BBC. Uh, uwu like uwu oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah 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 it's, it's yeah, always yeah, yeah. A, a fun <laughs> I've way i've definitely
1: <laughs> i've definitely found out stuff from that but um but yeah because i yeah i don't think i don't think that the creepy way that people insist that dogs speak is how dogs actually speak to each other and i think it's quite insulting to suggest that it is um um maybe mm. cut that out dev maybe cut that out don't want to get uh <laughs> don't want to get <laughs> maybe don't want to get a sound clip to uh to maniacs but um but yeah
0: no. Um, but I'll tell you something about we are gonna sound clip. Da, 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 da. Uh this is a Jordan Peterson update. Shit, I did this live last time. All right, let's see if I can't do it live again.
3: The Jordan Peterson
0: Report. uh yeah, our friend Jordan Peterson, a uh, fan of the show, I presume uh has been <laughs> up to some stuff recently um well, c- you know I don't know if he's been up to some stuff, but he released a and I, I I think it's like a 12 minute video. I sent it to both of you this morning uh just before we kind of joined on to record um and he's made this video about being banned from Twitter. Um, now, some stuff happened while I was away, uh, but from what it sounds like, and I think uh, you guys will have to sort of update me about what's going on. Um, Jordan Peterson, Dave Rubin, and a couple of other v- of these kind of like right wing commentators um, are mad about Elliot Page. Um, and they're mad that Elliot Page is called Elliot Page. So Elliot Page hasn't mm-hmm. done anything, hasn't said anything kind of just like living his life in a very normal way. And he went onto a talk show uh, uh, to kind of talk about, I guess, the Umbrella Academy and some other things and just like saying that he was having a pretty good time and having a good life. Um, And they're really, really mad about it. Um, And so they keep using Elliot Page's dead name, uh, which we won't name on the show for obvious reasons. um, And uh, a bunch of the accounts got banned, including Jordan Peterson's. And Jordan Peterson is really, really mad about this uh, for the reasons that you couldn't expect him to be. He's kind of like calling people, like calling Twitter like woke moralists, And he's talking about like how he's going to cancel everyone. It's very, very strange. Um, I wanted to like clip some uh, some lines from the video so we can add that in here. Let's take this apart.
3: First, it is clearly the case that I did not promote violence against, or threaten anyone with my missive. So that leaves the arguably lesser sin of harass. Let's assume, since I wasn't informed, that that was the crime. And further, harassment on the basis of so-called gender identity sits Twitter did not do me the favor of actually specifying my crime, and there are many possibilities on that front. We unfortunately have to guess at why this has occurred, and that's actually a big problem in and of itself, and also indicative of the utter carelessness of the Twitter organization with regard to the propriety of its own sensorial actions. I should at least know exactly what I did wrong if I am required to acknowledge that my tweet violated the Twitter rules. What rules, you sons of bitches? Exactly, precisely. Because such things matter when the accusations start flying. Okay, so I sent both of
0: you these like, this video and I sort of just wanted to uh, get your kind of like, not necessarily your take, but like, yeah, tell, tell me how you felt when you watched uh, Jordan Peterson um, deliver this sort of like kind of Riddler-esque monologue about being canceled uh, because, um, because an actor won't uh, notice him, uh, especially him using their dead name. Mm.
2: I mean, it's just so funny that the way that he has constructed this public persona that's all through this video that he's this, you know, careful intellectual, so particular can handle mm. complexity. Um, when he obviously does not want that at all. doesn't, you know, or doesn't care. Like, the, the, so in the video, you know, he catches himself. Well, not even catches himself. That's probably wrong to say it. He like uses the wrong pronoun and then pauses and then uses the correct pronoun. And then I think he uses um, Elliot's name, his, his dead name. And then he pauses and then uses um, uh, Elliot and, you know, the correct name. And it's all in this way to be like, I'm, you know, I'm striving to get absolutely everything correct. Which, you know, is such a um, such an illusion because, of course, this is a highly produced video. And it, mm. it all goes back to, like, you know, his initial – the reason he shot to fame, right, was this weird – or not weird, but like a Canadian law that was about using the correct pronouns. And, yeah. you know, he's cons- constructed this entire, um, you know, career in public life, this movement, out of him, like, you know, standing up and, and being, you know, intellectually rigorous – But it was all based on bullshit, completely misrepresenting it. And this video is exactly the same as that.
0: Yeah. So there are like some funny elements of what he said. And like, I mean, the whole video is very funny. Like it's called, the video that he's put out is called Twitter ban. And it's like, so he's like now joined the Daily Wire. So like his production value has sort of gone up like a bit. And it's one of those like very overproduced videos where like, what he, a monologue that he would have sort of just given to a webcam in his house is now like in this professional studio where he has to wear like a three-piece suit and like it kind of like films him from four different angles for some reason um it's very very overproduced and i find that very funny but one of the funniest things that he says in the video that he also has said in like a note to dave rubin or like one of these guys is that he would and quote like he would rather die than use uh elliot page's correct pronouns or like name
3: I say banned, although technically I have been suspended, but the suspension will not be lifted unless I delete the hateful tweet in question. And I would rather die than do that. And hopefully it will not come to that. Although who the hell knows in these increasingly strange days. Um, And something along the lines of like also that
0: he would rather die than delete the tweet where he says, <laughs> where he uses, like, the name. I think that's just, it's just so funny because the last time we spoke about Jordan Peterson, um, for people who, like, remember, it was when he was kind of saying that he was exhausted by Twitter and he felt that it was a very, diver- like, divisive place and that in future he wasn't going to tweet, but rather he would sort of delegate to his team to post out videos and content and uh, into, like, articles that he found interesting. So basically he was going to be, like, he was he was going to do that whole celebrity he said that he was going to do that whole celebrity thing of like I'm not going to like post anymore this is all too much like you know see you later I'm leaving twitter only for like an hour later for him to start posting again <laughs> mm-hmm. um he loves he loves this website he loves twitter he so was. much and I find that like endearing relatable but also just like very cute in like a strange way mm, there's
1: something there's something in him about like uh, something of like of a kind of teenage girl who talks to their diary, like their diary as a person, mm. and kind of gets gets mad at the diary occasionally, and just sort of says like oh, That's it, I'm never journaling again." Um, yeah, he can't. He can't. Keep, he can't keep away. God, God, love him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So we don't like. We're not really sure like what what he's doing. Like I do. Well, you know, his account is currently like you know suspended it's not really been deleted or anything um but also what's been very interesting is kind of watching you know again it's like post coma peterson right um mm-hmm. so like you know during the sort of the height of fame and where he was kind of like doing book tours and when like and you know the 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 arc at that time was like this is someone who is like a kind of like academic who eventually, you know and he was like a somewhat semi respected academic like way back when um and, you know, the way that he was sort of presented by his publishers and like, you know, also, I, I think we've spoken about this as well, like the way in which like he was trying to be very careful about like who he associated with and like the levels of which he would associate with. It wasn't to say that he didn't know what he was doing, but like, you know, there would be, there wouldn't sort of be the case of like, you know, mass endor- like endorsing in very specific ways. The fact that he's now like joined the Daily Wire and the fact that he's now just sort of become like a full-time kind of commentator, content producer or whatever, um Signifies like something very like I think quite interesting about his trajectory and also like the things that he enjoys and I think we've spoken about this on the last like Peterson episode we did as well where oh, on the
1: last Peterson update yeah
0: on the <laughs> last Peterson update where it's just, like he just like he kind of loves the att- he 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 really likes the attention but he also like with that also comes this pressure to have to sort of like craft a particular kind of persona of being like you know the elder what like the you know the elder state uh, not elder statesman but just like an old wise guy um you know a s you know a sage figure and stuff crucially because a lot of the things that he kind of like became well known for in the mainstream and like also used to sort of whitewash like his more kind of like reactionary elements, the idea that, oh, I'm just, you know, he was just presented as like a self improvement guru, um, has sort of been taken over by younger creators who are much more like, you know, creatively savvy than he is. So, you know, there's always been, there's been this crisis for a while about like what he should be doing and like what his kind of next pivot is now that like the grift that he was doing before has sort of been become saturated. I don't know whether this is it, but like I think like the Daily Wire, like, you know, um, well, working for the Daily Wire in a more direct sense may indicate like what his net, where his next steps are.
2: Yeah, it definitely feels like he's getting to the end of the arc, and it's this like, you know, it's the the pursuit of content that you know drew him in that's ultimately kind of spitting him back out because you know you mm. see this happen all the time. People get drawn into the game who are you know academics or something outside mm. of it. They get a taste for this fame. And then with this fame, you know, the thing that keeps it going is constantly being able to attach yourself to like whatever the thing of the moment is. So there was yeah. the, you know, this the swimsuit model tweet a couple of weeks ago. You know, yeah. now there's obviously being off the platform. But that like, you know, that that chasing that kind of um, you know, being involved in that cycle also kind of just like, you know, rots them, rots who they are in their persona. Mm. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, yeah. going to the Daily Wire, like, you know, yes, that's, you know, really getting to the place where you can, you know, stick the jets on the content machine and really go for it. But also like he's lost the kind of veneer of um, you know, this, you know, I'm 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 above all this. I'm I'm, you know, I'm I'm very thoughtful by being part of it. And ultimately yeah. it feels like he's kind of getting to the point where he's just about to be chewed up and spat out.
0: Yeah, well, and yeah, and I think you're right, especially about like the part about um that type of trajectory where you end up like have like once you you, I I think there's like thin lines and limitations of when you're sort of like a professional in a certain space, especially if you're an academic. But I think this applies to other professions too, and you suddenly sort of become very famous uh, online as an online personality. Um, and you have to sort of navigate the idea. You know, you have to navigate the complications of being. An influencer or someone who has a particular, like, uh, uh, who has been attributed like a particular type of authority online that you're not quite prepared for. And I think with Peterson's case, especially because, you know, again, where we, I think the last Peterson update or maybe the one before when he left the University of Toronto to become a full time poster. Um, like, you know, and that was framed as like, oh, I was fired from the University of Toronto, but it was like, no, actually like you left your like very secure, like emeritus job to become a poster to do posts full time. And again, like, you know, something I very much appreciate and that I relate to. Um, but you know, eventually once you do that, you have to, you you know, you do succumb to the slop. You can't just have like your little kind of like mimosa glass of it every so often, like, no, you have to like put your face right in there. And he might be reaching the point where he realizes that he doesn't like the slot but he's sort of like not got anything else um like he can't really do like a dignified he can't really like retire in a dignified way um whether he wants to or not is a different question yeah i don't know what you think
1: because posting posting robs you of your dignity there is no way. <laughs> there is no way to post and be dignified. There are ways to post and be funny. There are ways to post and be charming. There are even ways to post and be smart. But dignity is forever denied to you as soon as you start to post. Um, yeah. I like. I, I, I lo- like. I love the position of I would rather die than delete a tweet, mm-hmm. uh, because I just. I. I. I'm just very. Interested in the idea that he imagines that this is the choice because it seems that seems quite a, an all or nothing <laughs> choice to me. I mean, personally, I think there's probably some kind of middle ground between death. No, but that, but that's and, how he and, and the tweet. But, but, if, but that's why yeah. you're not a person like he is. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because that because the point is is about the uh, the point about the slop is if you have like a really small amount, uh, it's disgusting and contaminating, and it makes everything else taste disgusting. But if you full throatedly just stick your face in the slop, then you get then you get a near to it, and it no longer tastes disgusting. It's like um, you know that. You know that the ancient Roman fermented fish gut mm. um, dressing.
0: I don't, but tell you anymore. get told
1: that you get told about it when you learn about the Romans at school. It's called garum, <laughs> and it's like it's made of like leaving fish guts out in the sun and like mixing it with a bunch of other stuff. It's like it's just genuinely like one of those like kind of yeah, the Romans were nasty kind of situations. I mean, you could look at their You could look at their wars and be like, "Yeah, they 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 were they were were fucked up lads." But it's really this fish gut, this fish gut goo (laughs) that they were so fond of. And the trick with the fish gut goo um, is that, like, obviously, as soon as you eat and smell rotten fish, like your your human instinct is to is to go like, "Oh, that is horrible." But if you put it on absolutely everything, you get used to it, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of it's a similar. And I think it's yeah. like a it's like a similar thing. Like the tiniest amount of fish gut would make you puke, but fish gut for every meal, you're
0: starting yeah, to get you so, would, yeah. You eventually to, adapt to it. Well, you're, you're to
1: starting ahead. to be able to really expand the borders of your empire as long as you don't go near Parthia.
0: I'm just I'm just I'm just imagining setting up That was up a like really a, good yeah. Roman joke by the way. That is a really good Roman joke. Yeah, I feel like cuz I don't I've I never really like up. studied I've never really studied classics or latin or anything so I don't appreciate any of this. So that's really more for like uh that's really it's more for, for like the, real the fans. Heads. Yeah, it's so for, for the, the real heads. heads yeah. Uh message Phoebe and say great Roman joke Phoebe um (laughs) (laughs) very good um yeah and in in the meantime i've been like there's a napkin on the table i've been writing um an idea for my own uh side hustle which is like small Mm -hmm. place restaurant that serves fish guts but in like Mm -hmm. um increasingly like bougie ways yeah until you get on yeah so um yeah i think that'd be cool yeah we could like launch the app and the restaurant at the same time Mm mm-hmm (laughs) (laughs) um i don't really have like too much else to say about jordan peterson but what i was gonna say was that like when it came to like the the whole idea that like he would rather dive and delete the tweet and like those types of absolutist statements that he has made on like various occasions is very much like a peterson thing where he does see things in absolutes and like the whole like elliot page thing and the using using the dead name like to him he sees this as like a moral virtue in the sense that like he believes that by not using elliot pages like name now um or like by using elliot page's name he is sort of like giving into the like you know the woke lies right that he's and then Mm -hmm. you know it's that kind of classic narrative of like oh once you get into like the woke lies then you're sort of like succumbing to evil and like this is what the bible says about like you know letting in evil and stuff so i cannot delete this tweet because this tweet represents like you know the old the kind of only fathom of truth in this world like i i haven't given that justice in terms of just how extreme his kind of like Perceptions are of this and how truly insane they are. But well, I mean, what it, is Bible- it is very, it is, I mean,
1: yeah. I'm, I, I've never. I'm not a big Bible reader, but what does the Bible say about about letting your daughter induce a stake coma in you and then keep you keeping <laughs> you as long as steak in a sanatorium-
0: has, It's it's fine if it has like a fish gut, uh, van, like a, a fish gut, like <laughs> okay, side plate. Okay, I
1: think yeah. i are
0: the
2: clear on that one. Um, the the funnier <laughs> part about it, this as well is. Just Jordan Peterson having any opinion, let alone knowing who Elliot Page is
0: or Umbrella Academy. Like, I just can't mm, yeah. conceptualise no, him. He he loved Juno, and now he's <laughs> now he's sad, but he can't watch Juno in the same way anymore. He's a real um, Juno
2: head, and he's disappointed. Yeah. yeah,
0: but he but he liked Juno because he liked the Michael Sarah character. Relatable yeah that's, that's the only way that this makes sense about why he's fixated on it for so long yeah that, um, i mean
1: like obviously like obviously i think like dead like dead na- like dead naming an actor is like it's just like it's an unnecessarily shitty thing to do like we know that it's table stakes at this point we know that it's i, like, I think i think it is good to, for there to be some kind of consequences for dead name it for dead naming trans people Mm. Um, I think it's a shame that it's only rich and famous trans people who are deemed to be worthy of protection by yeah by tech companies because I'll tell you this for no- I'll tell you this for nothing just like some random trans guy gets gets dead named Twitter is not doing fuck all about that so mm. it so I think I, I I I as you know I have. I have my thoughts about uh, uh, tech platforms being like being used as kind of litigation portals on behalf of rich, famous people. I don't think that this is this is a good example of it, but I just think it's a shame that the, they, they clearly do have a position on this, and this is clearly something which they are able to do quite easily. So why don't they do it when it comes to? when it comes to ordinary trans people who don't have the protections of fame and money. I don't really, I don't really see why I I do don't really see. I do see, but it fucking sucks. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think what is interesting about Peterson's insistence in this particular case, that, uh, that this is his principled sticking point. (laughs) Um, It's that, it's partially a, a kind of baby confusion at the <laughs> idea that an actor might look very different <laughs> at different sort of different stages, different stages of their career. and I just had this I just had this vision of him, you know like every so often, like a news outlet kind of publishes like yearbook pictures of famous people. Mm. And then you're like, Oh my God, they've changed their entire face. I just, mm. I like the idea of him, like looking through one of these, you'll never believe what Brad Pitt <laughs> used to look like and being like, no, no, this is not him. This is not him. I will Those not be calling plastic him surgeons. Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah. um, and I just, I like the idea of him kind of seeing it sort of through to its kind of logical conclusion and refusing to use, uh, like anybody's stage name Mm. like even to like Mm. even to like the point of confusion so just like absolutely refusing to (laughs) use very very famous people's stage names like obviously somebody's Somebody's name is not the same thing as um as a kind of actor's stage name. I don't think it's a good analogy. It's just quite a fu- it's just like quite a funny idea. Like the like the idea of like him like sort of talking about oh you know the silver screen in those days in those days uh you know there was some dignity and then but every time sort of someone mentions Cary Grant he's just like there in the background <laughs> like kind of mm. bellowing his name was Archibald <laughs> in the background. Um, <laughs> I will not be calling him Cary Grant for that was not his name and it is a lie it is a lie (laughs) in the eyes of god uh but yeah the other thing that uh, because i actually because i know because i i'm i'm familiar with his voice of course because you know i'm a as as we all know as long time (laughs) listeners of the show know i am a i am a great follower and admirer of his work Uh, (laughs) but some but i actually hadn't because like everyone says like he has a kermit voice and i actually realized today exactly what he sounds like and it's and it's really really specific so please just bear with me on this description okay imagine (laughs) you have one of those very very spooky old fashioned ventriloquist dummies yeah Mm -hmm. and someone has put a curse on on the dummy and has (laughs) turned it partially into a person imagine what that dummy's voice might be like it's Mm. It's Jordan Peterson's voice. Yeah, I can sort of see that.
0: Yeah.
1: Ah, uh,
2: so
0: that's and
1: what happened
2: when he went to Russia. <laughs>
1: yeah, he is now like partly dummy. That, that's why you never see him from the waist. He definitely waist has a down, kind of like got ventriloquist. Dummy. Dummy. I mean,
0: yeah, he definitely it's has like a kind he's,
1: of. A... It's because he's sitting on his son in law's lap all the time. Yeah. Like, that's, I think like, like, that's, why yeah, we that's why you can't see what he's sitting on. The
0: three piece suit like really doesn't help. Matters in terms of like now making me kind of wonder whether he's made of like wood. Um, mm. God, I'm going to be thinking about that kind all day. Of, It's sort of
1: wood. It's sort of wood and um and a kind of yeah that sort of uh, that kind of uh sort of rubberized plastic like bakelite. Mm, yeah, the
2: waxy. I know the one you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah,
1: because they're not entirely wood. Because you right. know what? That's, this is not. This is not. This is not the subject of the show at all. But I now really want to talk about, like, the method of making
0: a ventriloquist dummy. Well, look, on dummy. the last episode, we sort of talked about key cutting. So we can talk about, like, ventriloquist <laughs> dummy making at some point. You know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but have probably I ever, not t- on this have I
1: ever told you about the sleepover that I went to at school um, and the girl whose house it was did not inform any of us beforehand that her dad collected ventriloquist dummies?
0: Uh, you did not Ooh. tell me this?
1: And she did not inform us beforehand either that all of these dummies were in a gigantic glass cabinet in the room that we were going to be sleeping in. <laughs> what? And there was this like absolutely like excellent thing where like everybody who walked into the living room just like had like exactly the same reaction. It was like, you know, when like, when like a kind of line of ducklings get distracted, yeah, um, and they all end up kind of like veering
3: off, <laughs> yeah, in the wrong
1: direction. It was like just like kind of like that, just like one by one, like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and you could like hear it from the hall. It was good.
2: I feel like going to to sleepovers and friend houses is often where a lot of like formative memories are. I can probably say this now because it's been long enough. I remember like um coming out of like I was over at my neighbor's house and we were around the same age. And just like, I don't know why, but his dad was like just naked walking down the hallway and he knew I was there. And now that I'm saying that, it does kind of sound like fucking weird and perverted.
0: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, and he
2: must have thought that we were in a different part of the house. And there was a real like moment where we just kind of like made eyes. And then I think I just turned around and he also just turned around and it was never mentioned ever again. But I feel mm-hmm. like when you go to friends' houses, you, you seem to bat above average on having those like moments that really
1: stick with you for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, like for sure. Like, I think it's a shame that like we don't have sleepovers as adults. Maybe that maybe that's not a shame. Now I've said um, it out loud, like hmm. I actually hate that idea. Yeah.
0: That in, fact, in fact,
1: you know what? No. We're in fact, kinda, you know what? Do like you, you there, know, bring someone there home? Is, there is. Yeah, but that's not a sleepover, is it? Like, if you like, if you bring someone home after a date and you called
0: it a sleepover,
1: <laughs> it would be completely <laughs> <That> just. <justified. sounds, laughs>
0: am, am I not supposed to? <laughs> no that sounds something like kind of like a rich british like tatler girl would probably do i don't know yeah yeah, like kind of refer to her like one night stands as like sleepovers Very um cheesy, yeah yeah mm. it's very uh, cute anyway but don't it. <laughs> should we should, should we should we talk about something else, <laughs> about something else. <laughs> we've all went out some childhood memories <laughs> Yeah, before we like bring out the childhood memories of which I definitely don't want to open like the ventriloquist. <laughs> well, what like yeah, my own ventriloquist dummy's head. Um, no, I uh, we we brought Cameron on the show because and I'm wanting to do this for a long time because he did something that I actually tried to do for a while and I didn't really have much luck doing it. Um, and I think like a lot of reporters were trying to do it for a while and they didn't really have much luck doing it, which was, um, he found a guy from one of my favorite memes, uh, that meme being, uh, the worst person, you know, just made an excellent point. Um, you probably like, once I've said that, you probably like can see the image like in your head. Um, I was going to like try to describe it, but Cameron, like as the person who's going to tell us a story about how you found this guy, um, could you start off by telling us what this meme is?
2: Yeah, so it's a ClickHole article. I think it's been around since about 2016. And mm. it's just become like internet shorthand for this weird kind of like, uh, it's almost like a, it's a very backhanded compliment to be like, uh, someone has made a good point, but also, you know, they suck. And, and right, you know, yeah. you, you get to like straddle both sides of it. And I think it kind of <laughs> does sum up like a lot of like internet uh like the nihilistic kind of discourse that we have where like people love to be open to any idea but also being able to be like well this person you know like still casting judgment on them anyway and so you see like you know all the time it's obviously popular in politics um and it kind of just stuck with me and i was thinking about it for a while and and kind of started to look into it um when i was working at buzzfeed so i was Mm -hmm. there uh in 20 yeah 20 2018 and 2019 for just a little bit under a year um and it was a kind of a classic example of um what one of my editors called a format of article uh return to the meme i don't know if it's, it's used actually even elsewhere in buzzfeed let alone out, outside but the idea is that you you find a popular meme and you kind of track down the person within it and i, I think it's it's almost like the uh, an attempt to like elevate some of the social news that you see everywhere to kind of, you know, I, yeah. I don't know if it, it was like, uh, you know, intentionally thought about like this, but to kind of differentiate something like Buzzfeed from like, I don't know, Unilad or Viral Hog. So I, um, yeah, so I, I saw it, uh, and I I'm started sorry, to it. Vi- 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 no, wait, what?
0: Viral, viral, viral hog. hog? Yeah, isn't Viral, viral hog. hog one? Did I make that up? viral hog wait one second well, I, need to, to, I, I need to i don't know no maybe i made that up i need to see whether this is real because if it's not then we need to buy the domain for that like immediately yeah um viral viral hog viral.hog.com okay, yeah, is, is yeah. a website where you can buy and sell the best viral videos yeah yeah it's real
2: yeah yeah it's real so it's it's, it's a website where i think like often other like people who want to do um you know kind of like an start their own unilad or something can go and just like buy like viral videos so they can publish um yeah i'm
0: looking at the viral hog website right now um i can't send this because like i'm like working on two different computers but the picture is extremely funny it's of a pit like there's advertising logo um it's a pig on the one hand the pig has the camera and on the other on the other hand the pig has like a wad of cash and is looking at the cash in like this kind of very hungry way um it's it's kind of like Nightcrawler, the film but with a cartoon pig
1: instead yes yeah mm-hmm. that's like okay, the best well, way gonna, of looking at it yeah all right i'm um, gonna i'm gonna look this up Is vi- it also, viral, does, viral hog. It, does it also does it also
2: star jake gyllenhaal uh, as the uh, viral oh, hog I, I, it's starring large grass grasshoppers taking over gas station in nevada um okay,
3: uh, elk okay tries have, to get I attention have, from I man
2: cutting with a chainsaw
1: i have some questions about the viral hog can what? I ask some questions? Yes, you can. Yeah. Um, obviously, this is a visual medium, um, so you're just going to have to imagine what it is I'm describing. Uh, why does he have human hands, please? <laughs> why
0: doesn't he have trotters?
1: <laughs> yeah, why
0: doesn't he have trotters? To capture the viral videos, with, Because within every human, there is a viral hog.
1: <laughs> why is he wearing so when a T-shirt? So when you become
0: the viral hog, like you don't kind of become like a full kind of beautiful hog who just loves to eat the slop. You like are kind of hybrid of a human and a hog. So this,
1: is, so this is a kind of abominable creature that has oh got man. kind of stuck halfway through the Animorph process.
0: Yeah, but also has got terminal online brain and wants to turn everything into monetizable content.
1: Is so this a person he, he with a, the head of a pig or is yeah. it a pig person?
0: Um, yeah, that was my question. And like, did it, did it
2: start out as a human and then it was hogified by its, you know, consumption of um, viral swap.
0: I I do not know the backstory or the law <laughs> behind the viral hog. Okay, I found out about his website two minutes ago. <laughs> I'm going to find it out once we finish. If anyone has any more information on the viral hog, uh, let us know. But yeah, there is a website called Viralhog.com, and it I'm is. Really de- I'm yeah. really
1: delighted by these um, by these video titles. Um, <laughs> I'm particularly ke- I am particularly keen to see the elk trying to get attention from a man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay,
0: so I like, yeah. yeah so while so while yeah while we like distract ourselves with like these cute animal videos uh cameron do you want to continue the story about how you found this guy
2: yeah so i i was um yeah looking for it and it you know standard kind of buzzfeed um thing and then i think i didn't really have that much success and i then buzzfeed news laid off its australian reporters uh and i on my i think on my last day i put out a, like a thread being like here's all the the groundwork i've made finding him i'd like you know, found a, um, like, so the the stock image had been used all over the place um, and then, like, you know, not just on Quikol, so that kind of didn't help that much, but then eventually after spending a lot of time going through uh, places it was used on one of the websites, I think it was an Indian health website selling, like, um, like prescription pills that you can't get, uh, that you get over the counter in Australia, but you could just buy from mm-hmm. this website, I guess. Um, and, and it still had the metadata and through that I was able to find mm-hmm. Um, the photographer behind it, it was a guy um, from Barcelona. And then I contacted him and he said, I'm not interested. And then so I mm. kind of tweeted out this thread. And then I um, it, I guess it kind of went semi-viral. And from there, um, some people were just like, hey, this guy is like this photographer's friend has uh, looks exactly like him. Um, and so that's how I, I found this guy. I found him. I contacted him. I was like trying to speak to him over Instagram messages uh, using Google Translate. and. Um, he was just not interested at all. He was just like, oh, I'm not not really that interested uh, in talking to you about it. And then eventually I think he just like, I-, I was really kind of like pushing the point. I think it was kind of in this like semi-mania because also I was like, you know, being laid off. And this is like my white whale. And then I think at the end he was just like, he um, he just like, just, like blocked me. And I was like, ah, oh. I mean, like, I, mean, like, I, I can't fault you. you you'd you be right to do so. Um, But that's kind of where I
1: ended up. I love the idea of you just like sort of ending up in this kind of darkened lodge and like there's the like there's the guy there he is his like face <laughs> lit lit by like a single flame from the lighter
0: <laughs> um can I
1: just really quickly interject this is not a fucking elk I'll tell you oh. this is not an elk this is a deer
0: wow you've been misled you've furious. been misled you've been misled by the viral hog i the, trusted you
1: by the, abo- by the abominable viral hog with its unnatural human hands
2: fake news viral hog yeah that's right
0: yeah that's, that's what right. they
1: should call it
0: so what the, was like the, the af- real yeah.
1: viral hog that's what they should <laughs>
0: <call> so, so <laughs> yeah so so what was the aftermath of like you know um kind of like finding this guy but not sort of getting yeah like um how how like reflecting on it now like yeah do you feel like you could have gone further like would you have gone further like what yeah
2: yeah so i um i i guess i kind of just sat for uh with it for a while i I think it it was about two years later that i ended up writing about it uh and i I wrote something for slate talking about Mm. how i found the guy and how he didn't want to talk to me um and it was funny like it ended up being this like thing where um because it there's thread gone kind of big on twitter all the time i would get people messaging me being like you know do you know who this guy is did you figure it out other people giving hints and stuff um even yeah. though i had figured it out and i kind of always told them like yeah no i've I figured it out and like you know kind of just like wait and see um but then i think as, as time like went on i i went from a kind of my my like a sudden uh unemployment mania to a kind of more, um, initially I was like, obviously disappointment, but then I just kind of, I don't know, I guess chilled the fuck out and was like, Oh, this is just like, you know, a guy who's a random guy who, um, you know, his friend I had pieced together, had, you know, taken photos of him. I think was kind of just like an amateur stock, um, photo guy. I don't think he was making a whole lot of money through it and he'd whack them up on I think the Spanish Getty. And then after a while he'd taken his, um, the photos off Getty. So he'd kind of been over it. And then, you know, some ClickHole um, uh, sub or editor or whoever chose this stock image that actually used the image a bunch of times before. But, you know, this was the article that just somehow combined the picture with the right headline that really just kind of made it, um, you know, so, yeah. so yeah, memeable, I guess, um, that it had gone, you know, so viral and become something. that I, And I kind of like, you know, I really started to, you know, and just, I guess, reconsider, you know, the whole point of this because, you know, like, like I was saying before, this this format is very like an attempt to elevate what is this, you know, social news. Like you've seen this person all the time. What do you know about them? And sometimes when you chat to them, you do get real insights. You know, you find out stuff about, yeah. you know, their lives behind it, what went into, you know, if it's not a stock photo, but like another meme, like, you know, how it happened. You can add detail and sometimes that like enriches people understanding of it. But a lot of the time, they're just like normal people who just like got caught in a weird situation that for whatever reason, the stars aligned and it just, you know, it, it hit the right, you know, wires in all of our brains that made it so, you know, viral and memeable. but they did not really have anything to add about it. And, and mm. like, you know, all this value that we get out of it is not really to do with the person who's caught in this initial situation, but is kind of created by the way that it was, you know, shared and remixed and used all the time. Um hmm. and you know like, like it could have just as easily been a stock photo of another guy or another girl or, or whoever um but you know he just i guess had the luck or i guess unluck depending on how you feel about it um to be to be stuck in it um yeah. and so yeah since since then i think he's actually now he's gone public uh, he spoke to a spanish um newspaper and then recently did an article with the guardian and i yeah. think my 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 vibe on it now has kind of been i guess i have a guilt because you know at the end of the day, you know, you know, that thing, like all journalists are con men, like we convince people to to talk to us when they really shouldn't. And this, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't out him, like I I didn't, you know, name him. I didn't share his, his profile or anything. I only kind of used stuff that was, you know, yeah. visible to other people, but like, I obviously was instrumental in other people finding and tracking this guy down. Um, and so I, I totally had a role in that. And I mean, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it, it really is at the end of the day, the fault of the guy who. You know, sold stock images of his friend, but really, mm-hmm. like you know, I played such an important role in it that I, you know, I do feel guilt. Like he's just a guy who gets bothered by this stuff all the time. The last thing he needs is some like pushy, yeah, and p- partly manic, you know, uh, BuzzFeed <laughs> Australia employee um, bothering him. And um, yeah, he, he, he in all his interviews he d- did seem kind of like you know a bit upset.
3: Yeah,
0: mm. I I think like that dynamic's really interesting because like I definitely recognize. I definitely recognize like not only that type of impulse, but also when you talk about the elevation of like social news and like where that might have like might have had like amiable goals when I was sort of looking for this guy. And that was probably around about like 2018 to 19, uh, because my editor at like Mel magazine at the time was like, oh, we should find this guy because everyone uses his image. And like, but there was never, I was always sort of questioning, well, why, why do we necessarily need to find him? Right. Um, Not necessarily, and this was based on kind of like other types of social news in this vein that I had seen where like you would find the person that was like sort of at the, not even just like at the center of a meme, but like in like, a, you know, some sort of, if, if they had become like the main character, for example, or if they had sort of like blown up online where they didn't really have any control of the situation, all they could really kind of say was that like, yeah, we didn't really expect this or like, oh, it's kind of like a little bit weird um Mm. you know you'd get the odd person who'd be like oh yeah i enjoy the attention but like for the most part they would just find it kind of like weird especially if you try to explain to them but like oh you've become really popular online or like you've blown up online but for these very very online reasons that only someone who spends loads of time on the computer really understands um Mm. and i wondered whether like when you kind of like approached this guy whether there was like a sort of similar type of thing where you're trying to explain to him like that he's become this meme online and like he sort of reflects these particular types of like communicative conditions only to be told like you know what the fuck are you talking about why are you bothering me um you know what i mean just like it's like that kind of like moment of translation sort of being quite difficult to articulate
2: yeah absolutely um you know, just trying to explain to someone you're you're famous online for this let alone through google Translate um didn't go down um <laughs> that that well um and i you know I've kind of like you know thought about it and and what like beyond the desire to the the semi sociopathic desire to create content that consumes us all you know mm. why why we want to know about this person and and I think like you know really um thinking about it there's a sense of entitlement to, to people you see all mm. the time. You know, you see his face and you're like, I, you know, he's a part of my life. Like he is a part of my life. I see him all the time. I've used him all the time. So I, I, to some extent, I deserve to know who he is and, and, and stuff about him. And I think mm. there's also the, the um like a, a part of us hopes that there is something kind of grander out there. You know, that there's a reason that he is um that he, he, totally fit the mold for this. But I think it's funny, like it's like I think this in meme itself is actually a great example of how ridiculous that is because, you know, people differ on whether they think this this face and I haven't described it yet, but it's just a kind of a balding guy um squinting at the camera. People disagree on whether he is, you know, the the person the title, you know, the worst person you know, or he's a person looking at the worst person you know. And this even is gonna right, be like one of my even, this like, is going to
1: be my, one of my questions. I think I yeah, think it's exactly. really I think it's really instructive which you think it is.
2: Yeah, totally. And and I I actually changed. I I went from being like he's the worst person you know to now I think it's he's the person looking at it. But I think that kind of goes some way to sh- to prove <laughs> the point that like all this meaning is um you know created in these these characters who live in our lives is is totally created by
0: us and and really has nothing to do with him. Yeah, because mm. you say in your slate you say in the slate piece I think towards the end, but like what you eventually realized like while you were sort of kind of waiting to interview this guy or like hoping to interview this guy is that like he kind of holds more significance to you than he necessarily like actually has in real life like you know the kind of experiences of like just seeing this guy all the time and using him in particular ways and sort of like probably getting numbers um you know retweets and likes from like using it in a way that like is somewhat successful which we've all kind of done like you know whenever we've seen like you know toby young make a like reasonably okay point every so often um <laughs> you know that like this guy like sort of uh you know he he this, you know the image of this guy not even this guy and it's like even thinking about it in that way is like okay well it's through this like process of like dehumanization almost that like he kind of attains this sort of importance as an extension of like your own sort of like digital persona so there is like so much dependence on this guy and like maybe as like the person who's found him like you attribute so much importance to him um, but for reasons that you can't really quite identify and then I also imagine when it comes to like being a publisher I, I, I can speak about like you know the reasons why I was kind of sent to try do this and the disappointment when like I wasn't able to do it and I saw that as a personal failing was because you also had publishers who were like desperate to kind of like add to this sort of existing story um, of like online culture, right? So the idea that, oh, if you're like BuzzFeed or you're like Mel Magazine or like any of these other digital publications who like has happened to find this guy, then you almost kind of like are able to attain more ownership or, or you can kind of get the feeling that you are, you own that meme more than your kind of competitors. I don't know if that makes yeah. any sense, but like it feels yeah. it feels really weird to kind of think about it in those terms because every way you look at it, it's like, okay, like ultimately what you're engaging in is like a real kind of act of like a, a really like dehumanizing act
2: mm, yeah i see that like you know like a similar thing actually happened this week i i um i mean there's that um tiktok meme about the teens in suits gonna go watch the new
0: minions Minions. yeah yeah them gentle minions yeah, that's yeah right. we are we are and- like raising we are like raising money no we're not raising money for the gentle minions but i feel like <laughs> they should be banned from the cinema let them watch a i film heard in you their can <laughs> uh, I, I, I I saw some reporting today that Australia
2: is uh, taking a stand and, and our cinemas are not banning <laughs> it. So, you know, as we're still, despite, you know, you see those viral Twitter posts about Australia being a prison state, you know, we've still got some freedoms down here. Um, but, yeah, I, I spoke to an, an Australian teen who had kind of, like, kicked it all off. And he was just a great example of this. He wanted to talk... Um, but I don't mean to be, you know, disrespectful to him, but he didn't really have much to add. He was just like, I was like, so like, you know, like, Hey, like why are you doing this? Uh, You know, is there a deeper meaning? And he's like, Oh, well, I think that um, wearing suits in places that you don't usually wear suits is funny. And I'm thinking about doing more of that content in the future. And I was like, (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, Well, it's, it's getting pretty light. I better go now. Um, But yeah, so I, I mean, it, yeah. it kind of, like it does happen. And I do think that like what you were saying about that kind of the idea of deepening your understanding of of, of internet culture. I mean, that's that's totally a thing. It's it's a bit of a dick measuring contest, right? Uh, one, to be like, you know, we're the people who spoke to this person and we understand it deeper. But also two, to kind mm-hmm. of give it more of a, a legitimacy, you know, like, yeah. I think a lot of digital media since the, you know, early 2010s had to struggle initially, at least with the, um, you know, preconception that it was, um, you know, extremely like kind of you know light on. It was very like low level stuff, and so part of it is by you know getting a deeper meaning to this stuff, or at least you know finding um, more out about it, can uh, can go some way to giving it a sense of legitimacy. Um, but I I think you know that's ultimately futile. Some of it isn't you know at least in, in the understanding of you know speaking to people behind it isn't deeper than that. The, 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 what's really deeper is the way that it's you know, used and remixed in popular culture.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for definite, it's like it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because like, if we're looking at kind of what cu- what sort of cultural theoreticians were thinking about in terms of the mass production of art as um as a as a method of uh sort of the democratization of the image the start kind of start of the last last century, um, and how that has how that has uh kind of coalesced with both like t- technological advancements and with the sort of release of just a whole new set of antisocial tendencies um because i used to because like when we start like when we started doing this show i um like my position was sort of like well this is the stuff that we're talking about this is the stuff that's always been around the question is just the question that has changed is just uh, it's just a matter of scale um it's a matter of scale it's a matter of access it's a ma- matter of kind of of kind of networkability it's a matter of kind of discoverability but i actually i'm actually starting to come around to the idea that a new set of uh, of kind of bad personality impulses have have been have been released and are being And are being kind of played out sort of at sort of at scale online, Um, because I remember having this conversation with a female friend who was who had developed this like like almost kind of compulsive uh, checking of the like the social feeds of every woman that she was aware of that ever interacted with her boyfriend, Um, and. She was talking about this um, to me and some other girls, all of whom were saying like, oh, yeah, like, like, you know, it's just, it's just like natural curiosity. And I said, OK, but think of it this way. Say this is 20 years ago and you don't have access to any of this stuff. And you are, for whatever reason, in the house of a woman that your boyfriend once um, like once went out with or once snogged or once spoke to as far as I can tell are you going in the drawers in her house and looking through her photo albums are you opening her post are you doing any of that and she was like no obviously not and I was like exactly obviously not so I don't think it is just a question of ease and I think with something like using some using someone's image, like obviously it's like the fault of the stock photographer, um, but this is certainly not the first time that somebody's image has been used without their consent and turned into a meme, like often to very very destructive life effects. And it's interesting to me that one of the like one of the concerns about social media sort of originally was that people were not thinking about like where images that they put online might end up. Um, and that was definitely something that which sort of came very kind of apparent uh, when it was, uh, when it was, de- when it was all sort of demonstrated uh, the, shall we say amoral attitude that tech corporations have to people's personal and private data. But, Alongside people not being very thoughtful about how much of themselves that they put online, has uh, has produced this, I think, much more concerning, uh, concerning tendency, which is not thinking too much about what of other people that you put online. And um, yeah, a really good example of this is a, um, a few years ago, uh, I. Started, I started going to a different uh, dance studio for dance classes to the one that I used that I usually go to, um, because uh, my old teacher was on sabbatical, so I wanted a new one. And at the time, I was having trouble with. I was having trouble with a stalker, so I was having to be very, very, very careful. Um, and it was having a very deleterious effect on um, on my life, on my sanity, and on my work because. Uh, then as now it depended on a certain amount of public profile and a certain amount of visibility and at the time I was um doing some promotional work for uh for an anthology of short stories that I had that I had um contributed to and I sort of wasn't able to share the share the details of where it was going to be because of this stalker issue and you sort of you don't want to say to like oh to say to like the minimum wage staff in like foils or whatever like yeah it's really important that you keep my stalker out of this event um (laughs) and at this dance class it's I suddenly noticed that basically every other every other student in the room had their had their phones out on the floor recording the class and that was going up on their own private instagrams and this isn't just like putting pictures of people that you like see out in public. This isn't this isn't like reusing an image which has already been posted online? Because I suppose there is an argument of, well, it's already been posted online, therefore it's fair use. But you know, it, there's a, there's a real question of the morality of where that of where that image is even coming from in the first place. Um, and but also this is like this is like in a this is a this is a dance class. So like everyone's wearing like they like quite skimpy dance clothes like. If someone doesn't get the, you know, sort of is having like trouble with the routine or something, it's sort of quite kind of humiliating to have them sort of struggling with it posted on just a stranger's Instagram. But it was mainly that you were so incredibly visible and you could, and if you put in the caption which class it was, then you can work out where someone's going to be every single week. And I spoke to the teacher after one of these classes and said, is there any way that you can stop? people from from doing this um and he just and he looked absolutely like he looked astonished that I would that it would even occur to me that this was a possibility and he said no no we can't we can't we can't stop them I mean we can ask people um not to post it on the on their grids but like there's no we can't we can't enforce that like we can't really enforce that in any way um and so I just stopped going to that to that studio and and it's and it's the sort of thing that kind of happens at like absolutely absolutely constantly like if you go on if you go to uh like say if you uh are doing any kind of like open mic performance you cannot stop the organizers of the night putting a picture of you on their on their facebook on their twitter on their instagram like you have absolutely no control over how about over how many times your images. Taken and reused, and if you are unlucky, it can have a, a sort of cultural, uh, sort of cultural meaning attached to it. And I think it's, I think it's much, much, much more worrying that people think absolutely nothing of posting images of other people than it is that they think nothing of posting images of themselves. Yeah.
2: Phoebe, that's that's an awful story um i'm really sorry about that um on, on, oh yeah no no it, tot- you-
1: it totally fucking sucked <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah I'm, really I'm not
1: gonna lie it, it, it sucked yeah,
2: yeah i was gonna say that it, what you said kind of you know also reminded me of this i mean like the link to you know find this guy which was it's kind of like a, a two things that almost like exacerbated itself as well which is one because his face felt like it belonged to so many people it felt like, and you know, I think this is a pretty common example when you often would interact with a photo of someone real who's yeah. being memed quite far or whatever, that you feel like your own impact is is very small. Like, you know, you, you view yourself as, uh, you know, just one part of the crowd and you're probably not making things significantly worse. But at the same time, because there's such interest in something like this by finding someone, by tracking them down there is so much interest in it that even just identifying them can lead to like crazy outcomes, like, like you know, stalkers, like anything like that. So it really is, um you know, I kind of joked before about the sociopathy of, of like being content creators, but it is, like it really is partly that where you're just like you're viewing everything through the lens of, of like what is kind of content and, yeah, um, yeah this this mm-hmm. guy's identity, um, which still had not really been that publicly linked to um, his face. Um, you mm-hmm. know, that was a connection that I helped make and I, I really regret it.
1: Oh no! This isn't supposed to be a criticism of you. It's just about the kind of the yeah. general,
0: no, but like I, the ge- I feel like the like kind I... of
1: general tent, like general tendency to I, like towards yeah. it as well. Yeah, I,
0: I get the feeling of guilt though, because you know, in like various ways, like even though I haven't, I never did anything to like that scale in terms of like finding someone who was like super famous. Even the idea of just like producing. So there was like there was a thing that you, there was a thing that uh, Cameron, you were saying uh, before about like um the way in which like we especially like people who kind of like whose job it is to like create content and stuff like um that type of like feeling of ownership and in one way like how that sort of links to like the development and like growing up online where at least like for people who grew up on the internet who are like now in their kind of like late 20s and 30s there was that period of time where everything sort of felt that it belonged to everyone right um, mm-hmm. Or that you could kind of like, or ownership was like much more of a, like an abstract concept. uh you know where you were sort of like making your own things and downloading, like you know, doing like peer-to-peer file sharing and everything. The whole idea of like the open internet and the romantic, the romanticized notion that like everything belongs to everyone and that can include stuff mm-hmm. that like is harmful, right? Um, and then you sort of have yeah, your that, feed, that only yeah. works
1: if it's that only works if there's any kind of evenness to it as well, yeah. because. And and there was uh, because like uh, yeah. the, because particular groups particular groups of people are far more likely to suffer mm-hmm. if their if their image if their image gets if their image gets used like it's, yeah, it's absolutely like, it's like a nice idea that like it's all part it, of all yeah. part of the same like the same like kind of uh sort of open open source software communist dream but it doesn't re- yeah. it doesn't and really
0: it, and it's, and it's never really the real world. yeah and it's never really worked in the sense that even during that sort of period of time in like the 2000s like there were people who like there were people whose like lives were completely ruined when like images or videos of them like went viral like relative to that period right or where they became yeah. popular on p2p sharing networks lots of like revenge porn and stuff sort of happening during that time as well um mm-hmm. and like where you know and you, you know you've even got sort of like cases of people who are still sort of reeling from like becoming like memes outside of like their own control like in a much more like decentralized internet um but what i was going to add was that when you then sort of like you'll have your like buzzfeeds and vices and your Huffpos pose who like take that logic sort of further back at a time when like tech platforms are sort of seizing up a lot of the internet and where like propriety and ownership online is becoming a lot more kind of rigid as well. But then you know, with the BuzzFeeds vices and HuffPose and everything, it's the idea that like every moment that happens online, like anything that sort of like garners attention, um should be kind of like rendered into content and that also means as part of that whole content package that you sort of find the originator you find like the person who like started the meme or you find the person who like is at the center of like the whole thing and you make them part of the story whether they kind Mm -hmm. of like want to be or not like even those who kind of like don't comment you kind of like, you know, there, are, there were BuzzFeed stories where it's like, oh, like this user kind of posted this image. And like, even though they didn't comment for this story, this is what they said, like online someone else. And I don't know, even like small things like or even kind of relatively small things like, um you know, uh, uh, embedding someone's tweet or image or like, you know, Instagram photo, for example, like fits into that framework as well. Like the idea that like where like these platforms, every anything you sort of post online can be seized by anyone, but on a type of internet where like platforms sort of dominate everything, um, the platform also kind of, those types of like platforms or publishers like own your own stuff and kind of can appropriate it in like whatever way you can. And I don't know, like as, as someone like who kind of like did digital culture reporting for a long time, I remember feeling very conflicted by a lot of it, partly because I wasn't really sure how valuable some of it was, especially when like the memes kind of like went beyond the kind of like Um, auspices of the creator and sort of became something else but then the kind of ethics of like putting someone at the center of a story that they didn't they don't necessarily like both need to be in or like really want to be in either um but this Mm -hmm. format of like finding the originator and like elevating Mm -hmm. social news as Cameron put it um kind of makes made that like a necessity and i kind of like i want to like sort of know your thoughts about that as someone who is still doing digital culture news like is the when you're sort of approaching these stories like do you kind of bear this in mind do you think there's like been a kind of sea change in the way people think about things um you know have you noticed like especially when you're sort of like looking into digital culture stories that like people are either kind of anticipating that like some journalists will sort of show up in their dms kind of like ask some questions or like yeah, do, do you know what I mean? I know there's like a, like a few questions in there, but.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess the question is like, how is that stuff? How is social news and that concept kind of changing mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and maturing as the industry does? I, I mean, I, th- I think it is. I, I do kind of less and less of it. That's partly also because I've changed roles. And when I do do it, I, I now increasingly try to you know zoom out and focus less on individuals, more on trends from, from groups as well. Um, but I, you know, like, I think what you're saying, it, it's not just, um, it's not just limited to, you know, digital media companies. Like, you know, every time if you're someone with a couple of thousand followers, if you quote tweet a small account, you're also exposing them to a whole new audiences. In fact, like that's the kind of, you know, the, um, the, the devil's bargain that we all make that we're all trying to be, you know, famous online and ga- gain followers or whatever, but not too many or, or not in the wrong kind of context. And it's that constant, um, you know, I guess, like walking that tightrope, but I guess calling it almost a tightrope is a bit uh, unfair because, you know, often you're like, you're trying to like, you know, inch up and whatever and, and like, you know, reach new people, but suddenly you'll often just be thrown into this, or, or I guess given, you know, blasted with this fire hose of, of traffic. Like, you know, when someone like Andy Ngo or um or or, you know, another bad actor, like, you know, retweets you. Uh, just to kind of direct abuse at you. So I guess bringing back to social news, I think we are kind of um we we're kind of seeing it changing. I'm kind of seeing uh, I guess less and less of it. And I do think that I mean, I don't know if this is reflecting a personal um maturing, but I like increasingly, I, I just like feel more and more um I feel more and more uncomfortable about um elevating people's voices in my stories, all kinds of stories because, I become the more time I spend doing journalism and realizing that you know I'm you know I I intend to bring you know small people's voices to bigger groups to inform that issues. People who are involved in these things often pay a price, and it's very Mm -hmm. rarely like the benefits are diffuse. You know, if you write a story about someone on welfare who's going through uh, you know to demonstrate the system isn't working very well, you know the best way to do it, and this is just a general storytelling thing that is key to digital media is. Elevating an individual person's story because that's who we empathize with, um sure. but in doing so, you know, you may, you know, you may kind of make this diffuse benefit for the individual who you you elevate, but you also create, you know, real, um, real risks. You know, you expose them to mm-hmm. your audiences. Some people who will respond badly. Some people who abuse them or whatever. Um, and it is an uncomfortable and not an easy part of my job. And I think my only kind of way that I kind of justified is that you know I spend more and more time, <laughs> counterintuitively. <laughs> Encouraging people, like, are you sure you want to talk to me? Like, I, I make my job harder because, yeah, um, I, I feel uneasy about what what they're involved in just by talking to me.
1: They should do, they should do some kind of um, like kind of offset program for digital mm-hmm. culture reporters. So like, <laughs> for, so for like every person you like unwittingly exposed to a kind of hostile audience. Uh, like another person you just like you scrub all information about them off the internet (laughs) i don't know how that would work (laughs) but again it's in the beta stages (laughs)
2: yeah it's good i think you can roll that in with a ghost app um yeah and i think you know obviously the consent is obviously be part of it it's something that i really consider um and look i I just want to say like finally like on that You know, sometimes the social news stories still are fun and people enjoy them. Hmm. Yeah, Um, yeah, of course. You know, like there's the, like, you know, I spoke to, do you remember that really big baby? I spoke to Gavin, the baby's mum. And then sometimes stories are also, like, you know, social news stories can elevate these stories where people can explain why it sucks being part of a meme. But I do think that the kind of the real story that often doesn't get told, partly because sometimes it doesn't get published, is that there often isn't a story behind social news and that's okay like you know yeah the the meaning comes entirely from us you know it's 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 the 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 remixing and the the memeing that we do is is the real friends that we met along the way
0: that's (laughs) right well actually this is this is a really good point as well maybe like a point to end on too because of the time um but i definitely got the kind of feeling like doing this type of reporting and stuff as well where I kind of felt that like, especially when you're doing trend reporting and stuff that like, you're trying to convince people that like, this is a thing that's worth kind of, that this is a thing that has a deeper meaning. Right. And like the, the, the simultaneously fun thing about social news, but also the kind of really draining thing is that like you're dealing with like fun and kind of silly stuff on an internet that is like increasingly restrictive and hostile and like very kind of sanitized and corporatized. So when you find something that's like kind of fun and interesting, Like it is kind of a novelty, but then your job as like the digital culture reporter is to then say that, oh, like this is such an important thing because it represents like this kind of deeper trend. And those deeper trends can kind of like lead to different content packages. And like sometimes I remember like doing the story about like Warcraft mods, right? That were just like having sex with each other. Like some people would just be making like Warcraft mods, like like, have sex with each other in Warcraft, right? This is something that happens like all the time. Um, It was kind of funny. There was like a subreddit where you could basically download like packages to kind of give your Warcraft character like a dick or something like that. Um, And I remember having to do a story about it and like in order to like justify doing it, being like, oh, this is so important because it allows people to express their sexuality in ways that they couldn't do so in real life. And like it was based entirely on like this one sentence that an interviewee had kind of given me largely because I had asked him like a somewhat leading question about it. Mm -hmm. And again, because the the mindset going into it was like, oh, I have to justify this being published somehow because I've got to like keep my job and everything. And I think about it now, it's like, well, no, they were just kind of having fun. And I don't know if it was like there was anything too deep about it, but like the way in which like this stuff has been framed you know part of it is like i think comes from this kind of impulse from some digital culture creators and the you know and like the impulse being right which is that for a long time this type of stuff wasn't taken very seriously but now it's like when we think about it now i think it's kind of slightly weirder because or like slightly kind of weirder to or more difficult to make that argument because crucially i think every like most people have sort of accepted that digital culture is important and does have material consequences and like, does have like very real political consequences as well. But does that necessarily mean that everything that happens online, like has like the stakes of that high. And I wonder if like, that's the crisis that like being a someone who covers internet culture and stuff now like has to kind of contend with.
2: Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the, the real way to kind of differentiate the two is that, um, you know, like it, it's worth taking seriously the way that ideas um, move through the internet, the way that they, you know, people use them. But that doesn't necessarily mean the idea itself has to be a serious one. In fact, you know, the thing that's always attracted me to the internet is that we have an incredible amount of people on here and they have an incredible amount of time. And with all of this, uh, all these resources, they usually just pissed away doing something really stupid. Like I think the mm-hmm. best kind of internet stuff is often just like, Someone spent a lot of time to do something very dumb and 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 pointless. And I I find that extremely mm-hmm. funny. So I like, you know, <laughs> and, and that's it. There doesn't have to be anything deeper than that. Um so I mean, yeah, that's what I like to enjoy.
1: Yeah. Absolutely fair. Like this, yeah, this like this is the, like this is the thing, isn't it? It's like there are so many possibilities for this environment and it's basically a series of shop fronts owned by various insane billionaires and we're filling up the shop fronts with slop completely voluntarily but i just don't, i don't think it would do any harm to be more mindful about the slop to try and <laughs> to try and maybe only post your own slop and not other people's slop or uh, fish it's- head soup yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. I mean for in, for instance, I That's I think right. it is I think it does the interest and um and fixation on finding the originator and finding the person and finding the creator very much gives gives the lie to the idea well of well it's all just utopian and everything belongs to everyone because there's still the there's still the urge to find the one person. And I and also I I don't buy at all that um that platforms are such kind of unmoderatable wild west uh wild west places that there's just absolutely no way of protecting their users because just watch what happens if you upload a uh a clip from a uh non-franchised football match and see how quickly that gets taken down they they can take this stuff down if they if they want to um so yeah, another another fun another fun and not at all pessimistic place to end. Uh <laughs> I was, oh yeah, I no, I no, say... no, I remember no, I remember what I was gonna say. I remember what I was gonna say. Um... I bring this up at every possible opportunity just because um I it's a, a while ago now, but I'm still I'm still so mad about it. Um a while ago I was in a writer's room and one of the things that they asked us to do in this writer's room was to just write the like the darkest sketch that we could think of and then just like kind of and then that just like gets it all out of the way and just and, and then you can just like get on with actually doing the good stuff so it's like clearing your brain out of the you know clearing the filth out of your brain and the one that I the one that I wrote was um was about a, a kind of a vinyl and paper diaries guy but. He was also a stalker, and he was trying to uh, and he was trying to kind of drum up interest in his um, in his uh, awareness campaign uh, about how all of the method and artistry has been taken out of stalking by social media, um, and it has him and it has him holding up this beautiful. Um, detailed kind of map and saying, look. So in the past, this would have taken me three months to three months to do. But now, look, and he just like holds up his phone. Look, I know what pub she's in. I know what gym she's going to. I know all of it. It's just there. There's no art to it. There's no art to it anymore. And uh, and that to me is very sad. Yeah. And uh, the uh, the head of the rights room was just like, no, this is too dark dial it back dial it back the other way this is too <laughs> this is this is too this is too dark like You're we're not, looking for yeah. something that we can like share on our socials and I was like yeah <laughs> but it's I, funny and they were like okay yeah it's funny but it's like, just dial it way back I way know. way it, yeah, back it is,
0: it is, it is funny but I would also kind of say it's the perfect example of the worst guy you know makes a great point. <laughs> there we go. There we go. We're <laughs> ending it. Da-da-da-da. There we go. Yeah, I had it written down. I was like you've got to like end it somehow and I think that was a great. <laughs> that was a great landing. We we landed this plane. Uh congratulations to everyone. Um thank you Cameron for joining us on uh this uh this show. It was really really good. If people want to like follow your work and crucially uh if they want to uh follow your stuff on crikey News, how can they do that? I was waiting for you to drop a crucially. I I don't think you actually dropped one this whole episode yet. And I was like, that's that's, that's his normal. That's his thing. <laughs> wait, wait, why, why why were you wasting for me to say crucially? Because you you that's your like uh it's an X Y Z tick. Or, like,
1: you say it all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, your tick and crucially,
2: like yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. you have two yeah. ideas, I didn't, dude. And, you, I didn't and you're re- just like, yeah. I'm sorry that uh, I've exposed. Sorry, I'm now I sound like now I feel like very too self- much
0: attention. Yeah, no, now I feel very self-conscious. Um. But, no, okay, I like I'm it, glad, and, I'm, glad, and, and I'm, glad I, I'm glad I played one of the hits for you. Like, no, it was right. good,
2: eh? It was good. I like it. And, and crucially, it makes you sound very smart, I think. Um you can <laughs> find me uh at uh on Twitter at Cameron Wilson. Um probably the best way to form my stuff.
0: Yeah. Um we'll also uh, add the link to the slate article about the worst guy you know makes a great point. I uh, definitely read it. It's really fun and super interesting. Um you can follow us at 10kpostpod on twitter.com. Um you can follow me at @hkesmani on twitter.com uh where I say crucially a lot apparently. Um, <laughs> oh uh, no. Phoebe do you, you want to like plug your do you want to plug anything?
1: Uh yeah. Um we have uh we have a Patreon which you can sign up for uh for as little as $5 a month and for that you get uh our weekly bonus episodes and they're good. You should do that. They're good.
0: Not. Yeah, they are good. Tart summit it's so not good. that.
1: It's not that much. Thank you very much. It's not that much. Not not that much money. And like, really, surely, it's a bargain for hearing that many extra crucialies a month. I think. Some-
2: some swap for the uh viral hogs out some, there. some some crucially <laughs>
1: swap for the for the, for, for the viral hogs um i do a seinfeld seinfeld podcast with milo edwards that's masters of our domain which you can follow at masters of pod on twitter where we post the episodes and uh milo's increasingly deranged thoughts about julia louis Dreyfus. so Check
0: that out. <laughs> um, this show is produced by Devon. You can follow them at Devon underscore on Earth. And you can also listen to Kill James Bond, which is their podcast. It's very, very good. Um, I think that's it for plugging today. So on that note, uh, thank you for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Have a good one. Bye. Bye-bye.
3: Up yours, woke moralists, we'll see who cancels who.